0: buddy, this is Randy Chandeville, and after an extended break for the holidays, we're back, and you're listening to This Golden State. Donald Trump is not president yet, but there's already a resistance movement, and Northern Californians are among those leading it. Not just activists on the streets, but government officials, too. Bay Area mayors, including San Francisco's Ed Lee. And we will help protect... All of our immigrant families in this city. County supervisors, state officials, including the governor. We have the laws, we have the tools of enforcement, and we have the political will. And whatever Washington thinks they're doing, California is the future. And California members of Congress, including House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi and Senator Dianne Feinstein. I know, weird to think of Pelosi and Feinstein as resistance leaders. They're both extremely wealthy and both very much part of the Washington, D.C. establishment, high up on the seniority list. And in fact, Feinstein chafes at being labeled part of the resistance. Still, they both live in San Francisco, both represent most of San Francisco's values, and they both vow to battle.
1: We will fight, fight, fight.
0: Congress reconvenes this week, so today we're going to start a special series of podcasts on the so-called resistance with an interview with Nancy Pelosi. We've been working with San Francisco Magazine on this. They're preparing a special resistance issue that will hit the stands right after Donald Trump's inauguration. Madam Leader Pelosi, thanks for joining us today.
1: My pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: So, so let me start with an easy question. With regard to President-elect Trump, what does the word resistance mean to you?
1: Oh, resistance means truth. Uh, it means uh, stepping forward and differentiating between what is happening uh, in the administration and what the American people need. Uh, But the resistance is where we can't find common ground, we must stand our ground.
0: And how aggressive should that resistance be when you can't find common ground?
1: Well, according to the people around the country with whom I have visited uh, in person, by phone, and they want that resistance to be very clear. Uh, And so that's what it will be.
0: There's A long list of Trump proposals that alarm the Democratic base here in Northern California and alarm many Democrats across the country. Let me read just some of them to you. His threat to deport millions of undocumented immigrants. He wants to cut all federal funding to sanctuary cities. He wants to register all Muslims. He's threatening to repeal Obamacare. He wants to drastically reduce environmental restrictions, which could set back the battle against climate change. He wants to drastically boost money for the military, which obviously could mean less money for other things, including social services for the poor. He plans to appoint very conservative Supreme Court justices, even if that means a repeal of Roe v. Wade. And he calls himself a law and order candidate, and he supports police bringing back stop and frisk which many people of color find alarming because they feel it disproportionately affects them. Obviously, Democrats can't stop him from doing all of that. How do you prioritize?
1: Well, we have to prioritize in a way... Oh, that means something in the lives of the American people, uh, not just in our community, but across the country. That, that is a long list, but it is not a complete list. There are many other things that he's setting out to do. One is to, uh, the Republicans in Congress are setting out to remove the guarantee of Medicare. Medicare is a guarantee. You remove the guarantee, you remove you. And Medicare. That is something that affects families throughout our country. And I think that is a clearer message of what the Trump administration and the Republican majority in Congress means to them. And that's where we hit home. All of these other issues are really an assault on our values and the character of America, which I think um, many of the people even voted for him did not subscribe to all of that.
0: It strikes me though that if Democrats try to fight all of them or most all of them at the same time, there's a risk of people tuning you out. You're saying too much all at once. So I would imagine you've got to focus on at least one or two of those things first.
1: Well, we're focusing on Medicare uh, because that is a universal value in the country. It affects every family in our country. And that is why I bring that up. What is the place in which we can connect with the American people? And once connecting, then have a conversation about the other issues. You're quite correct. In resistance, you have to prioritize. It has to be disciplined, have unity, and be unwavering. And where's a place that we can do that? That uh, that is one place. Uh, The list of grievances is a very long one. Uh, But uh, you have to beware of the curse of knowledge. You put too much out there and people turn off. Simplicity.
0: So focus on one issue at a time?
1: Well, you don't have to be one at a time, but clearly... Not uh, not dilute your impact by talking about too many things. Where you have the most public appeal, President Lincoln said, "Public sentiment is everything. With it, you can accomplish almost anything. Without it, almost nothing." And that's what we have to do: is appeal to the public to make sure they know what this president's presidency means to them in their lives. It take a little time to get to some of them because they don't want to be told they made a false, a bad choice and that's part of our um, timing on some of it. Uh, It's like telling somebody their art is fake or their spouse is terrible. Uh, They made that decision, so you're questioning their judgment. So show them a path where they can see the error of his ways and how they might want to be in another place.
0: If someone marries the wrong person, you don't want to be the one to tell them. You want them to awaken (laughs) to that themselves. Don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, since Republicans control the White House and both chambers of Congress, there's only so much that Democrats can do. Does that mean almost by default that more of the so-called, quote-unquote, resistance is going to fall to state and local leaders?
1: Oh, state and local leaders are very, very important in all of this. As we go forward with this, one of the, our, our main priorities is to elect more governors, state legislators, and local government officials because, so, well, for the good of the order, but it is also important in terms of having a common message uh, from state house to capital to city hall and the rest. So uh, it's really important for us to focus across the board, state, local, as well as federal.
0: So far, we've been talking about uh, things that Donald Trump plans to do once he actually becomes president. But before he becomes president, even as we speak, he's making appointments as, as president-elect, his cabinet appointments. And some of his appointments, some of his cabinet picks, they seem to be opposed to the very existence of the cabinet posts that they're chosen to lead. Uh, for example, uh, Rick Perry of Texas leading the Energy Department, which he wants to eliminate,
1: well, it's very interesting because uh, there's a purpose uh, to these uh, departments of government, these cabinet positions, and if you take uh, the Department of Labor it's supposed to be there to help working people and the person he chose as opposed to r- raising the minimum wage. Uh, the head of the EPA is a denier in terms of climate change. What that means is clean air and a clean water for our children. The Secretary of Energy proposed doesn't believe in the Department of Energy, as you mentioned, Rick. Rick Perry, uh, the, sec- uh, the Attorney General, is not a. Uh, has been resistant to voting rights, civil rights, women's rights, LGBT rights, and, and the list goes on. But they are Republicans. Some of what they believe is what the Republicans in Congress believe as well when it comes to climate, uh, women's right to choose, all of that. So his cabinet appointments, are, n- while they are bizarre because they are counter to the purpose of the agency, which these people will head, are not unlike what the Republicans in Congress support.
0: You use the word bizarre. It actually reminds me of uh, those old Superman comics, the Bizarro world where everything is the opposite. It, it, b- people yes, chosen right. to lead a part of a, a something they don't want any part of.
1: Yes, it's it's, it's very strange. But you know, when people understand wh- what does it mean to them that the head of the EPA is a denier, it means the air their children breathe and asthma they might have or contract. It means the water they drink does it have lead in it? That those are uh, leadership. Uh, decisions that he obviously is on the wrong side of. So again, it's all about what this means in the lives of people. If you are concerned about clean air, clean water, and food safety, you would be very unhappy about his appointments.
0: On the other hand, isn't he doing exactly what many of his supporters wanted him to do? Take a wrecking ball to the establishment and start over, start from scratch?
1: I don't think that that. I think that he had a a range of support, people who had financial uncertainty, and he promised jobs. He's going to bring back jobs, and that was appealing to a large number of people. Uh, He he stirred up hostilities in terms of immigration and trade, uh, which translated into votes for him.
0: His transition team has been saying he has a mandate. Do you believe he has a mandate?
1: No. Well, anybody who gets elected thinks that they, well, he's, he's, he's elected, but Hillary Clinton received a majority of the votes, more than two million more than he did. So there's definitely a split in our country. Uh, if he assumes he has a mandate and tries to act upon it, I think he will see resistance. And that's what this is about.
0: Well, Pelosi's smarts and her decades of experience in Congress certainly make her the natural choice, according to many Democrats, to lead the congressional resistance against Donald Trump. Others in the party think it's time for new blood. Someone younger who has more in common with working class people who live in Rust Belt states. Pelosi may be loved in San Francisco, but in other parts of the country, many see her as an out of touch limousine liberal. Despite all that, she survived the challenge to her leadership post and remains the face of Democrats in the House of Representatives. Now, when President Obama was first elected, you'll recall the Republicans tried to pretty much block everything he did, and Democrats referred to them as the party of no. Mm -hmm. Now the shoe is on the other foot. Some of what President-elect Trump is proposing seems so radical to many Democrats that you are contemplating trying to block much of everything. No,
1: I'm not. I'm saying where well, we can engage, what well, we try to engage in terms of uh, infrastructure, in terms of early childhood education, which he has said he's interested in. He says he's interested in getting big money out of politics, so are we. So, we, we can find common ground, we have a responsibility to do so. But as I said, if we can't, we have to stand our ground. But let me just say that our experience with President Bush was very different than the experience of the Republicans to President Obama. With President Bush, we opposed him on privatizing Social Security and the war in Iraq. But we worked with him on many things, passed the biggest energy bill in the history of our country so many issues that relate to HIV and AIDS, tax breaks for the lo- low-income uh, people in our country. We, we, we did a lot together working with President Bush, although we opposed him vociferously on the war and privatizing Social Security. What the Republicans said when President Obama, when they took the majority, was the most important thing we can do is to make sure he does not succeed. Well, to say that about a president is wrong.
0: So you're not saying that about Donald Trump?
1: No, we'll try to find places. And we'll see how he sticks with what he said during the campaign.
0: Final question. He has been known to lash out at people who he perceives attack him or criticize him. So there have been some people that feel maybe it's better to accommodate him on some issues so that he doesn't single out the Bay Area and attack him. And and I'm, I'm wondering, with someone like Donald Trump, do you feel it's better to accommodate or... Go full-bore resistance.
1: Well, I think you have to do what you believe. And if you believe he's doing something that you can accommodate, then you do so. But uh, I I do think that um, once he sees fear in your eyes, that's not a good place to be.
0: So you don't intend to show it?
1: No, I don't have it. But I will say one more thing about it all. It's about our country. It's not about Democrats or Republicans. It's about our country. And I don't know what priority he will give to some of what he's saying. I do know what the Republicans do in Congress, and they do want to eliminate the guarantee of Medicare. They do want to be harsh on uh, low-income people. Uh, That list you read was really like the manifesto of the Republicans in Congress. So we'll see how he splits with them or stays with them on some of these issues. And most of it will depend on the public response to all of it public sentiment is everything. That is the most important resistance.
0: Nancy Pelosi, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. My pleasure, Andy.
0: Our next podcast, Tomorrow, features an interview with Senator Dianne Feinstein, who doesn't want to be identified with a resistance movement, but promises she will resist much of Donald Trump's agenda. I've interviewed Feinstein dozens of times, going all the way back to 1978, and I've never seen her more anguished and worried than she is now.
1: You know, vindictiveness really has no place in the executive office. It's bad public policy.
0: You can subscribe to This Golden State on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and find us on San Francisco Magazine's website as well. If you like us, Hey, please spread the word. Any comments or ideas, shoot me an email to shandobill at shandobill.com. That's S-H-A-N-D-O-B-I-L. Thanks for listening.